doesn't announce when he comes. Amen. He took over our meeting because we allowed him. When you make room for the Holy Ghost, you can never tell the things that can happen. The Egyptians you see, you see them no more right now. I'm telling you, testimonies are coming out of this meeting. Mighty testimonies. Amazing things God has done in your heart already. They will start manifesting. Amen. Today we'll be talking about praying through challenging situations. Praying through challenging times. So, you know, we've been dealing with a series on the pursuit of God. And the pursuit of God has so much to do with prayers. Amen. You know, the disciples of Jesus... They know that John taught his disciples how to pray. So they have seen John's disciples pray. But they still came to Jesus. And I'm sure they know the prayers that, the, that John's disciples were praying. But they came to Jesus and said, Jesus, teach us how to pray like John taught his disciples. And then Jesus began to teach them. What means is that there is a way to pray. And get results. Is that true? There is a way to pray and get results. The Bible says you pray and you do not receive because you pray amiss. That means it's possible to pray what? Amiss. But you know you can't praise amiss. <laughs> when you praise God, you can't praise Him amiss. But you can pray amiss. A lot of people pray amiss. So what we're going to talk about this morning is how to pray and get results. How to pray through challenging times. How many of you have gone through challenging times here? Ah. Amen. I know some people have not gone through challenging times. Wow. I have. I've gone through series. I lost my job one time in 2013. And my wife wasn't working because we just had our baby. My first daughter was, I think, three months or so when I lost my job. And I didn't have a savings. Why? Because I was paying for the car I bought from my office. My office gave me a loan. So I was paying. <laughs> you know what that means now? So basically they take more than half of your salary to pay off the loan. So what I had was just what we were managing with. And then suddenly I lost the job. So no savings. Nothing to fall back so from the first day I lost the job, we started going hungry. <laughs> With a baby of three months, you know, you understand how that is. And for the next eight months, eight months, I had no job. I had to, my wife had to, though I, though what I did, I said, look, I, I started my business, my wife had to go and work. It was a troubling time. When a man, a grown-up man will sit and he doesn't have 10 naira in his pocket. And he had a wife and a, ch and, ch and a child. 
I've been through it. So this your pastor is not a body pastor. He's a pastor that has gone through tough times. So when I talk, I talk. I'm not just telling you things. I'm telling you how I have dealt with God and God has brought me out. His mercy. Hallelujah. So how do you pray through challenging times? I've had a challenging time that there was a time I lost an investment. I was saving money, saving money, saving money. In a, in a, in a, in a, in one uh, uh, investment I made. So anytime I had some extra money, I put in there, and suddenly the investment crashed. Everything, my whole life savings. How do you go through those times? A lot of us have been through tough times. How did you survive? So what we're going to be saying today, how do I pray through challenging times? I want us to read First Kings chapter 18, verse 24 to 20. We all came from a different background. We have different beliefs, right? Every one of us, we have different beliefs and mindset. The fact that you believe something, are you hearing me now? The fact that you believe something doesn't necessarily mean that that thing you believe is true. When I went to a theological school, eh? after two weeks, I almost left the theological school. Because the things that they were saying were quite different from what I know. Ah, they will start opening the same Bible I've read, and then the way they are interpreting it. I got angry with one of the lecturers one day. I said, people are destroying Bible. Because the foundation I had was different. The way I understood things were different. And they were now teaching something. I said, this is heresy. You people are teaching heresy. And I went to one of my mentors. I said, well, you know, I, I, I said, I'm, I, I want to leave the theological school. Because he's also a lecturer at the theological school. He laughed. He laughed. I said, David, welcome. He said, calm down. Just be patient. See, that theological school carried all the things I've, I know as true before I scattered them. <laughs> So, you see, let me tell you, it's only a proud man. It's only a proud man that holds to, to the old belief when a new light comes. It's only a proud man. It's only a proud person that insists on the belief without checking. When I was in secondary school, I, was, I became a believer in secondary school. When I was in secondary school, you know, we went out, you know, usually in, 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 in Zaria. I, I, my secondary school was in Zaria. So we went out to Congo campus. And then there was this minister who went, some of my, the executive in my fellowship. I was an executive in, the, in FCS, Fellowship of Christian Students, St. <laughs> Bartholomew Secondary School, Zaria. And we went for an external program. And then the man of God said some things. We believed it wholeheartedly. As young believers, we believed it strongly. And then one day I came back to the hostel and I was reading the Bible. I saw something that was opposite of what this, this man of God said. And he's a well-respected man of God. I called some of my friends. I said, ah, wait to come. But she went there with us. He said, yes. This is what the man of God said. He said, yes. But look at the Bible now. The Bible is saying something different. And the guy said, now true. Hear me, hear me, hear me. Whatever anybody says, the Bible is, the, is what? Our authority. 
Are you hearing me now? It doesn't matter people's experience. Eh? Now let me give you let me just give you an example. I think it was um Pastor Abel Damina that was saying that story of his wife. He said his wife one day, you know, was praying, and suddenly something appeared to her. And this thing was wearing white. White. So in her mind, because of all the experiences she has had, she thought it was Jesus. So when the thing came and said it was Jesus, you know. So she thought it was Jesus. So she bowed down. I was, oh my Lord Jesus, my Lord Jesus. Then the thing said, Worship me, I will die for you. That's when she said. He said, but Jesus has already died for me. Why will you die for me? Jesus has already died for me. And what happened? Immediately he said that the thing that was white suddenly changed into the real being. The Bible says, for the devil masquerade himself as what? The angel of light. When devil comes to you, he will not come the way you know devil. He comes very subtly. He comes as angel of light. He comes like he means well for you. He comes like he has come to help you. And that is why every child of God must know the scripture. Are you hearing me now? Imagine if that woman does not know what the Bible says. Imagine if she was not sound in the scripture. She would have been worshipping Satan. He said, I will die for you. He said, no, Jesus has already died for me. Why will you die for me again? You need to know the scripture. You cannot be a child of God and not know what the Bible says. You need to always be open to search. Don't just believe anything anybody tells you. Even what I say here. Are you hearing me? Are you hearing me? Who am I? If Paul, the barren Christians could go and check what Paul was saying. Am I greater than Paul? Please check. Anything I tell you, go and check it in the Bible. If it's not in the Bible, please discard it. No man is infallible. Are you hearing me? Every man of God is first a man of. Is that true? That's why we don't worship men of God here. We worship God. Praise God. All right. Are you ready? Oh, the, the projector has gone off again. <laughs> Amen. Now, hear me. Be a student of the scriptures. Always check. Whatever we do as believers must be based on the word of God. The word of God is our modus operandi. The word of God is a mode of operation. Are you with me now? The word of God is our constitution. I hope you know that the word of God is a legal document. That's why it is called the Old Testament. It, it, and then the New Testament. It can also be called the Old Constitution and the New Constitution. What is a constitution? It's where everything is spelled out on how it on how it should be done. So the kingdom of God has a constitution. And that constitution is the word of God. So anything that is not in the constitution is... How many of you know that even lawmakers misinterpret the constitution? 
the executive, they execute outside the constitution and then they go to court. And then the court will now interpret the constitution and say, well, executive, you are wrong here. Legislators, you are wrong here. Because you have gone outside the letters of the constitution. Outside the spirit of the constitution. So, the word of God is our constitution. Whatever anybody tell you about prayer that is outside the word of God is a lie. When they tell you to go and mix salt, when they, we were watching I, 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 had, I don't watch uh, um, African Magic. I stopped watching it for a long time. But you know, in the office, they, they own it for, for, for customers, right? For visitors. And somehow, yesterday, I was with my wife in the office, and then there was this African Magic that was showing. And somehow, we couldn't leave the office because we got stuck in it. <laughs> and what was it? A lady wanted to control. Uh, she was. She wanted her husband. She had a good intention, actually. She wanted. You know, she doesn't want her husband. She wants full, full uh, attention of her husband and everything. And then she went to meet her mother. And, was there, and then her mother advised her. They said, "Don't worry, I will go to a prophet." They went to a prophet, and the prophet gave them something. And the mother came and said, this is what the prophet gave you. How many of you go to prophet and prophet is giving you things? They give you anointing oil. They give you water. They give you what now? Eh? What are the things? Who are the experienced people in the house? <laughs> the handkerchief and all those things. And they tell you, come home and pray with it. That is talisman. That's not God. Did Jesus ever give anybody anything to go home with? Hello? Jesus never did so. If Jesus did not do it, don't do it. If the apostles did not do it, don't do it. Did you see the apostles give anybody anything to go home with? No. A sister was even telling us that she went to a church. And they told her before you enter the church, you have to drink the water. There is a water. They have a water that you have to drink it first before you enter the church. And there were mopos around. In case you mess up, they deal with you. So when she got there and they said to drink the water, oh boy... She said, I'm in trouble today. She started speaking in tongues. Lord, have mercy on me. Save me. At least you even have knowledge. He said, in the process, immediately. Because she started praying, her spirit was against the spirit of the people. The, the prophet that was praying, preaching, preaching, when everybody was falling and she wasn't falling, the prophet came and gave her a hustler. <laughs> He said, why is everybody falling? You're not falling. Thank God we don't fall down in this church. If you fall down, you'll stand up. Falling down cannot help you. What will help you is that you hear the word of God and you do it. Fall from today. I know there was this sister in my secondary school. Sister, I don't want to call her name now. This is online, maybe. Sister, anytime we start praying, she's on the floor. Anytime we start praying, she's on the floor. And every day she's the one that has immorality problems. She's the one that has all the challenges. And she keeps falling. So one day I asked some of us, you know, guys will talk. So some of the, some of the escorts in the guys in uh, this is almost, she's in one of them. I said, why is this sister always falling down? Can we tell her to stop falling down? <laughs> what she needs is to hear the word of God and obey the word of God. 
That's what you need. Are you hearing me? The Bible says it's not it's not the hearers that get blessed, it's who? The doers. When you do the word of God, the power is in the action. Are you hearing me? The power of the word of God is in the doing. You can hear the word. A lot of people go to church every day, they come to church, but no evidence in their life. Why? Because they are not mixing it with faith. What is faith? Action. You cannot see. Hear the word of God from today, tomorrow, any day, until you put it to work. Nothing happens. It is dormant until it is activated by works. Faith without action is what? Dead. Dead. So all the faith you profess, if you don't put it to work, is what? Is dead. Hallelujah. Okay, we are here now. First Kings 18, 24 to 39. We're going to read it together, everybody. It's the story of Elijah, uh, Elijah and uh, the, the God of... You know the God of Elijah, send down fire. How many of you have... God of Elijah, bam, 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 fire. Holy Ghost. Fire, yeah, 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 yeah. So that, this is the story. This is where they got it from. But let's read the story. There's something else I want us to learn beyond the fire. Are you, are you, are you with me now? Then you call the name of your God. Now, this is Elijah talking to what the, 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 the Baal prophets, right? And I will call on the name of the Lord and the God who answers by fire. He is God. So all the people answered and said, it is well spoken. Now, why did Elijah say the God who answered by fire? Because the test was about setting an offering and let fire come and consume the offering. That was the reason he said the God who answered by fire. But you that you are calling fire, which offering have you put and you want fire to come and consume? He said, you must read the Bible in context. Are you hearing me? Elijah organized a, a context and said, Okay, guys, look at what we're going to say. To know who is, whose God is the greatest God. Now you set your own offering and let call down fire for to come. Me, I will set my own offering. Call down fire to come. That was the only reason why he, he, he's called, he said God will answer by fire. That was the only reason. You, which offering are you setting? Which test are you doing that you're calling fire? The fire you need is the fire of the Holy Ghost. The fire of the Holy Ghost will purify you. That's what it does. Because the Holy Ghost is like a tongue of fire for purification. So when I call fire, I call fire of the Holy Ghost upon my life to purify me. Not to destroy my enemies. Look at when James and, and, and John, sons of thunder. Is it, uh, yeah, it's James and John. Sons of thunder. And they say, look, they, they have people who were opposing them. They say, let us call down fire on these people. Like Elijah, El, El, Elijah did. And what did Jesus tell them? Jesus shunned them and said, stop that. You don't know the kind of spirit you carry. The spirit you carry is not the old constitution. It's the new constitution spirit. That spirit is not the spirit of fire. It's the spirit of reconciliation. It's the spirit that delivers. It's the spirit that sets free. Are you with me this morning? Now let's go. And the God who answered by fire, he is God. So all the people answered and said, it is well spoken. So this was an organized contest. Let us do this and see who comes first. The next verse. And Elijah said unto the prophet of Baal, choose one bullock for yourself and dress it first. 
For ye are many, and call on the name of your God, but put on fire under. Alright? And they took the bullock which was given them, and they dressed it, and called on the name of Bah, from burning until noon, saying, O Bah, hear us. But there was no voice, nor any that answered. And they leaped upon the altar which was made. The next verse. And it came to pass at noon that Elijah mocked them and said, Cry aloud. Now, how many of you in prayer, people are crying aloud. They think it's by the loudness of their voice that they will be heard. That's one problem people make in prayer. Today, I will show you that prayer is not how loud it is. Are you hearing me? Most times, the loudness is, is out of fear. I've been there. I was praying dangerous prayer one time in school. I think I've shared this story here. And the demons actually came. And they were shaking the windows and the door. I was, I, everybody was sleeping around 2 a.m. in the night. When, you know, when door begin to make rhythm, quick, 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 quam, quam, quick, 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 quam, very good rhythm. I say, hey, who sent me? Who sent me, oh? And my voice, the increase of the voice was God have Fear. Hallelujah. That's why Peter cried out and said, Save me. It's, how, how, why did I fear? So Elijah mocked them and said, Cry out, raise your voice. Eh? For he is a God. Either he is talking or he is pursuing. Or he is what? In a journey. Or peradventure, he sleepeth and must be awakened. So some people think that when you shout, you wake God up. Alright. The next verse. Okay, right there. And it, no, no, no. The next verse. The next verse, please. Then they cried aloud. <laughs> These guys are so funny. Elijah was working them. They, they also did the same thing. So they cried aloud and caught themselves. How many of you have seen people praying and they are harming themselves? How many of you have seen people praying and they are harming themselves? This is not describing some of the prayers we see today, even in the Christendom. They caught themselves with knives and lancets till the blood gushed out upon them. Imagine that. And it came to pass when midday was passed and they prophesied until the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice that there was neither voice nor any answer nor any that regarded the next verse quickly quickly yes and elijah said unto all the people come near unto me and all the people came near to unto him and he repaired the altar of the lord that was broken down now you're going to see prayer it's not about words. It's about following the constitutions. See what Elijah did. Follow it. He followed the scripture. That's why I say, your prayer is not emotional. God is not an emotional God. It's not how many words you say. So people think that, you know, it's the sophistication of their English that makes the prayer answer. Or the way they speak in tongues. You know, they, they, they funkerize. Some people say that oh boom 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 boom. If you do boom boom boom, the thing will come. No. Prayer is by scripture. But that's what I want to tell you, so that you stop wasting your time. A lot of people we, 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 people waste time in the Christian in the Christian distance. They waste a lot of time and no results. 
So they just massage their ego to feel that they are brave. Ask them what is the result of your prayer. They can't show. What I want to teach you today is how to pray and get results. Are you with me? Now look at this. According to the number of the tribes, look at what he did. Elijah took 12 stones. What is he doing? He's following the law. He's following the law. He took 12 stones. No, now, we're not saying we should go and do this one. Don't go and carry 12 stones. That's no longer the law. We are not on longer what? Under the law. But in the regime, in the place where, and in the time where Elijah was, that was what was required. Have you wondered? You know, how many of you have been in Sunday school and they said the reason why uh, Cain's sacrifice was rejected is because Cain brought uh, spoiled fruits. It's not true. It's a lie from the pit of hell. Because there was nothing like that in the scripture. The reason Cain's sacrifice was rejected is because he didn't follow the law. Abel followed scripture. What God needed was an animal sacrifice. Abel followed scripture. Abel learned scripture and followed scripture. Cain did not follow scripture. So it's not about activity. Are you hearing me? The Christian life prayer is not about activity. It's about following scripture. That's what Elijah did. Elijah followed the law. He gathered 12. There were 12 tribes of Israel. Is that true? He gathered... Elijah took 12 stones according to the number of the tribes of the sons of Jacob. And unto whom the word of the Lord came saying, Israel shall be the name. Yes, the next. And with the stones he built an altar in the name of the Lord. And he made a trench about the altar as great as would contain two measures of sin. And everything he was doing were according to the scripture. The next one. And he put the wood in order and cut the bullocks in pieces and laid him on the wood and said, fill four barrels with water and pour it on the burnt sacrifice and on the wood. What was he trying to do? He said, look, I have obeyed the scripture. I have followed the scripture. Whatever you want to do, do. Let me tell you, if you follow scripture, anything the enemy wants to do to you, it will not harm you. Are you hearing me now? You should never be afraid of forces of darkness when, you, when you're on the right path. When you follow scripture. So he has done the required things. He told them, oh yeah, pour water. So that you will not say there was something that happened. No, pour water. And they did. The next verse. The next verse, are you there? And he said, do it the second time. And they did it. The second time. And he said, do it the third time. And they did it the third time. So he made sure that there was no controversy. And the water ran around the altar and filled the trench also with water. So this one is when fire come on water. <laughs> Hallelujah. And it came to pass at the time of the offering of the now he did not just he did not just start praying. Are you getting my point? Watch oh for some of you that do long prayers, it's not about the length of your prayer. It's about following scripture. He waited. After they prepared the sacrifice, he waited. He kept everybody waiting until it was time to pray. <laughs> and because in Israel there was there were different watches, there was a time to pray. He waited. He followed scripture. Alright? And then in the evening sacrifice. Then Elijah the prophet came near and said. So after they prepared it, he waited until it was time. 
And he came down and said, He said, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and, and of Israel. This guy is worded. He was calling on. Do you understand my point? He was not just saying some things, he was just not babbling. He was specific. He called on the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel. Let it be known this day that thou art God in Israel. What did he do? He exalted God. He exalted God. And that I am thy servant. He named his position. He didn't claim God. I am thy servant. And that I have done all these things at thy... Did you hear that? Did you hear that? Answer to prayer is not based on your own imagination. Or your emotional tantrum and complain to God. All your gimmicks and, and activity is based on the word. There are principles God has said, if you just follow them, you get results. No argument, no contention. Hallelujah. Look at what he says. Hear me, oh Lord, hear me. That these people may know that thou art the Lord God. Now, Elijah wasn't praying that prayer for himself. It's not to, for him to be puffed up. It's not for his selfish aggrandizement. That they may know that thou art the Lord God. And thou hast turned their heart back again. The next. Then the fire of the Lord. Immediately, how many words did he speak? This was few minutes. And that's why I hate African magic. Have you understand that African magic is like the herbalist person will just do something, send it immediately, the thing will just travel. You go down, hit the person, bah, the person will die. Then, oh, God bless you. God bless you. Thank you so much. You go down, hit the, the person will die. Then when it's time to, for, to pray, they will be waiting for years. That, it, it, it's like they just turned it upside down. And they're making God look like God takes time to, to heal. Why demons are faster. And you know what the funny thing? They have created this thing in the mind of people. And that's why people are now looking for Ozibo Ozibo. Hallelujah. Immediately. The fire came and consumed the burnt sacrifice and the wood and the stones and the dust and licked up the waters that was in this trench. And when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces and they said, the Lord, He is the God. And the Lord, He is the God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What I've come to announce to you today is that God, see, your prayer, the answer to your prayer is not dependent on God. Some people say, I'm begging God. I'm trusting God. Find out what to do. Find out what the Word says. Stay with it. And you will see your result. Are you are you with me now? Some of the things I'm going to say here may be, may be different from what you know. But be open. Don't hold on to your old beliefs. It's only pride that makes people do that. Open up your mind. And check it with the word of God. Amen? Are you with me now? So, first thing. As a believer, you must study the word. You must study your constitution. The word of God is the constitution. You must study the word of God. You must know, you know, the word of God. The Bible said, my people perish for what? For lack of knowledge. 
The only reason a believer will suffer harm is ignorance. Ignorance. Prayer is not based on emotions. It is based on legality. That is why Jesus is called our advocate. What does it mean? What is an advocate? An advocate is a person who comes to our aid or plead our case to a judge. So you see the terms used. Look at the terms used. These are legal terms. The Bible is full of legal terms. That's why I tell you that the, the, the Bible is a constitution. It's full of legal terms. He said Jesus is our advocate, right? The Bible says that Jesus an advocate for those who have been put, who have put their trust in him. My little children, I'm writing these things to you that you may not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. That's John chapter 2, verse 1. In other verses, Jesus called the Holy Spirit our advocate. That's in John chapter 14, verse 16 and 26. In John chapter 15, verse 26. In John chapter 16, verse 7. He said advocate. The English word advocate has been translated from the Greek word parakleton. Parakleton means helper, advisor, or counselor. So when you come in the court of prayer, it is not about many words. It is about knowing and understanding and believing the relevant portion of the constitution. Are you with me now? So it's what relevant portion of the constitution that addresses your matter? Hmm? Hmm? If you if in a court now, what happened? What does an advocate do? An advocate pleads. Alright? The defendant, what do they do? They, what do they do? If they are accused, if they are accused, what do they do? They go to the constitution, right? And begin to check, go to the law and say, you know, they argue based on the law. So they look at the relevant portion of the law that pertain to your matter and begin to address it. And until they convince the judge that you are not guilty. Is, is that true? Is that true? We understand legal proceedings, right? That's how it works. So it's the same way. As a child of God, when you come before the court of heaven, your 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 advocacy or your 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 prayer. You know, you know they also call it prayer. In the legal time, they call it prayer. Eh? I pray my Lord, I pray to my Lord. This, this, that. Now your prayer should be according to what? The constitution. That's the only time the judge will listen to you. It's not just an emotional. How can imagine somebody you are accused of murder? You come to, to, to the courts. He said, Oh, I did not kill him, George. George, people should have mercy on me now. Eh? George, George, I am I, I am the only uh, son, or I am the only daughter. My my father died last year. My mom died. That's emotional tantrum. The judge doesn't consider that. Are you with me now? Now that's what a lot of people do when they come to pray. They are emotional, just pouring out emotions. Yeah? God is waiting until you start quoting his words. Are you hearing me? God is waiting until you start declaring your rights and your privileges. So it's about your constitution. What is your right and your privilege in the constitution? So knowing your rights, knowing your privileges in the word of God is key to answer prayer. It's key. If you don't know what the word of God says concerning your matter, you are not going to get the result. That's why every one of us needs to study. Is somebody getting blessed this morning? You know, Jesus said in the in the Sermon of the Mount, He said, When you pray, 
Use not vain repetitions. That's Matthew chapter 6 verse 7. He said, use not vain repetitions as the heathens do. So who are the people that do vain repetitions? That's the heathens. The unbelievers. He said, for the thing that they will be heard for their many speaking. And today we do it in church. People think that the more you shout or the many words you say or how you say the words is how God hears. God is not even interested in your English. So if English is what makes your prayer answered or the sophistication of your word is what makes your prayer answered, how does God answer the prayer of the villagers? Who cannot speak English? Eh? No, no, tell me now. How does he answer the... You know, people think it's by the sophistication. It's not. It has nothing to do with that. It's about if you understand the constitution. If you understand the word of God that addresses that matter and you are able to present it to God. Hallelujah. Our Heavenly Father is not concerned with what counts. Flowery expressions or mantras. You know mantra. I am blessed. I am there. You know all those kind of Christian cliches. No. That's not what it's about the knowledge. What do you know? Some people say this is out of head. That's what the Bible says. They say they serve me with their lips, but their heart is what is far from me. God is looking for a contract. The Bible says a contract heart. Eh? A broken heart and a contract spirit. God will not what? Despise. That's what God is interested in. What you are saying, is it coming from your heart? Do you know it deep down in your mind? Use not vain reputation. Eh? God desires truth in the inward being. Psalm 51 verse 6. God desires what truth in the inward being. Use not vain reputation in the king. James translation means do not use meaningless reputations. Alright? Do not use what? Meaningless reputation. Do not heap up empty phrases. Some of us say things that we don't believe. How many of you have seen people praying? God of God of Elisha, God of uh, Melchizedek, God of uh, <laughs> you will hear God of God, 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 Jehovah, 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 Shalom, Jehovah. Um, no, uh, there was in fact there was a time I was learning all those Jehovah, Jehovah, Jehovah. There was some Jehovah. You will bite your tongue in Jehovah something something. Does it make any meaning to you? Hello. Or did you over, you over something, you over something? Does it make any meaning to you? The prayer that God answers is the one that makes meaning to you. And that is according to the word of God. So it's not going to cram some rhymes. Hallelujah. There is no formulatic praise. You don't do formula. Eh? It's only the pagans that do that. You know, chanting. You repeat some things. There is something that is going on in the church now. They chant, 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 chant. <coughs> See, it's not in the chanting. It's in the heart. You know, you know, these days some things come and if you go, the whole chanting thing is fading, have you? How many of you have noticed that it's gradually? You know, everybody ride ride away. When do some things come? Me, I'm I am not I, I don't I'm not moved by those waves. And I was discussing with my wife, I said, I've discovered, I've lived, I've been a Christian for a long time. I gave my life to Christ in 1997 by the grace of God. So I understand, I have seen 
different ways, winds. Eh? They say it's chant now. That's chanting. You become like a, a you are worshiping bar. Eh? Does it make meaning in your heart? That's what is important to. It's not about being woke, joining the crowd. Oh my God, time. Let's read Philippians chapter 4, from verse 6. You know, when you are praying, you are talking with God and worshiping Him. It is like a conversation from the heart. So we tell Him what we understand in His Word, and He gives us more instruction on how to go about it. That's prayer. Prayer is a dialogue, it's a conversation with God. All of you that have been praying, what has God told you since you've been praying? So prayer is supposed to be that. So when you pray, you hear God too. And we're going to do some practical here today. Before we go, we're going to do some practical. Ah, time, time. Oh God. Alright, so Philippians, are you there? Philippians chapter 4, from verse 6. Look at it. He said, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about what? Everything. Tell God what you need. And thank Him for all He has what? He has done. This is how to pray. This is how to live your life as a Christian. The next verse. He said, then you will experience God's what? Peace. Anytime you are worried, anytime you are tensed, eh, you are not praying right. Are, are you with me now? You are not praying right. Because when you pray right, what happens is that there is peace. Hallelujah. Which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your heart and mind as you live in Christ Jesus. The next verse. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true, honorable, and right, and pure. And lovely and admirable. Think about these things that are excellent and worthy of praise. The next. Keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me. Everything you heard from me and saved and saw me doing. Then God of peace will be with you. Hallelujah. So this is how to live our life as Christians. Stand for what you believe. Confessing the word. Use the sword of the spirit by speaking out the word. Don't entertain any form of doubt in your heart if you want to pray through. So you must believe the word of God and don't entertain any form of doubt. Alright? Are you with me? Eradicate every feeling that is contrary to what you believe. You know, what, when you start praying, the devil will start bombarding you with all kinds of feeling of the impossibility of what you are praying about. But what, look at what the Bible says. It says eradicate. No, what, what I'm telling you today is eradicated. It's a man that doubts cannot receive anything from God. So you, if you come to God, you must believe. The Bible says you must believe that He's is a rewarder of them that what diligently seek Him. Another thing you must do is never tolerate any form of unbelief, and then every form of unforgiveness. You cannot have people in your heart. And you want God to answer your prayer. Imagine what God said. He said, when you are coming to give offering, and you remember that the brother has something against you, he said, you should what? You should drop the offering and go and settle with your brother. Is that true? So, so God is more interested in how you treat justice and equity. 
You cannot have a house help and you are treating her badly and you think God will answer you. How you know that God will not answer you? Look at what God told the man. He said, the reason your prayer is not answered is because you are treating the wife of your youth unjustly. The same way, so, some women are saying, no, it's to husbands. Listen, the God cannot, God, you see, God, the principle of God is the same. Are you hearing me? Whether female or what, or male. The fact that the Bible said, they were talking to a man. So I've, I've read in a, a group, some people say it's men that they talk to, it's not women. If you are treating your husband wrongly, God cannot answer your prayer. If you are treating your wife wrongly, God cannot answer your prayer. You are treating your house up wrongly, God cannot answer your prayer. You are treating your employee wrongly. God cannot answer your prayer. Let me tell you this. The principle of God. God cannot, God cannot just say that to husbands. And it doesn't apply to every other person. Does it, do you understand my point? Will God say husband don't treat your wife. But wife you are permitted to treat your husband anyhow. No, no, no. Let's, let's be real now. Because that's what people say. They say uh, they didn't, the command was not to wives. It's cut across everybody you are dealing with. In all your relationship. How you treat people. Determine your access to God. Hallelujah. Okay. Now we're going to practicalize prayer. Hmm? And one other thing you should do when you are praying to God, don't get involved in competition. Uh, are you hearing me? Pray more in tongues in your private, but more in words in the public. First Corinthians chapter 14, verse 14. We're not going to read that now. So what we're saying is that in, in your closet. Pray more in words, in tongues. But you see, when I'm here, if I come here and I start speaking in tongues, all true from this, you will not be blessed. You will not hear anything. And that's the problem with when they say people should come and worship. That's my challenge with all the chanting. They say people should come and worship. Somebody come and be, yeah, 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 yeah. Everybody say, yeah, 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 yeah. Now, the people are not edified. They will go home shouting, yeah, 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 yeah. What is yeah, 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 yeah to their mind? Do you understand my point? The Bible says when you are in a congregation, you should say words that people can understand so that they can be edified. You can do your chanting at home. Are, are, are you with me now? This thing I'm saying, a lot of people may love, but that's the truth. Study the word of God. You see, I'm not, I'm, I don't want to be, I don't want to be accepted by people. I'm interested in the word of God. When you come and you chant from for five, they tell somebody come and lead worship. He's chanting for one hour, and the people are there. Everybody is rolling on the floor. What did they get? How are they edified? People go home and they are chanting. They say they are drunk in the Holy Ghost. The next day, no result. God is interested in you. Even if you come and declare the word of God over the people and they go home with the word of God, it's enough. Than all the chanting. They say, Pastor, you don't understand. That's the move of the Holy Ghost. I hear you. Any move of the Holy Ghost that is outside the scripture, tell me where it is in the scripture. Show me. Where Jesus gathered people and started chanting. Did Paul gather people and start chanting? Did you see it anywhere? Paul even told them, He said, When you meet in a congregation, don't speak. He said, I speak in tongues more than all of you. The chanting is he not speaking in tongue? Do, do you understand it? How many people understand what people are chanting? He said, when you gather, speak words that everybody can understand so that people can edify. Cut time. Alright, so let's practice how to pray now. 
Now, first thing, when you come to pray, you, you relax. Are, are you with me now? You know, when I say relax, some people say, hey, let me tell you, relax is not, it starts with the mind. <laughs> the re- because some of you, you want to pray, your mind is racing. So first of all, you need to reduce the speed of your mind. You need to reduce what? The activity of what? Of your mind. So it starts with the mind. So reduce the activity of your mind and then calm down. That's the f- number one. Hmm? That's the number one. So let me, somebody will laugh, say, ha, 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 Sometimes when you laugh, it helps you relax. How many of you felt like you have relaxed? Say, ha, <laughs> Now, that, that will help you relax a bit, okay? Now, the next thing you do, in your relaxed position, raise your hand. You can raise one hand, you can raise one hand. I want you to do it. Just, I was going to practice it now, and then we'll round up. Raise your hand. And then begin to thank God for the wonderful and beautiful life He has given you. Thank Him. Thank Him. Say thank you, Lord. Thank Him about how He has kept you. How He has blessed you. Bless Him and thank Him. Glorify Him. If there are things you can remember, if there are things you can recount, begin to say, God, I thank you for this. I thank you for that. I thank you for helping me. I thank you for giving me life. I thank you for saving me. I thank you for changing my situation. Thank him. Thank him. Specific things. Specific things. If you can name them, just name them and thank God. Thank God. Bless him and thank him. Glorify him. Say, Lord, I glorify you. I glorify you. I glorify you. Amen. Now open your eyes now. The third one. The third one. I, I just want to show you something. I just want to say something about it before we start. Dealing with sin. Now, you don't deal with sin eh, in, from a position of weakness. Amen? Our time is up, but I'm rounding up. I want us to practice this. Just give me some few minutes. We'll practice this and go. Now, sin is what the enemy uses to hinder us from entering into the presence of God. But Jesus has paid for it at the cross through the shedding of the blood. Faith in the blood is what you need to enter into the presence of God. So, we deal with sin from the position of strength, not weakness. Alright? What are you going to do? When you come into prayer, you thank Him for His justification. What is justification? That you have been declared not guilty and acquitted. Eh? You have been discharged and acquitted by the blood. By the law, we were condemned. But thank God for the blood of Jesus. The world is filled of sin. And we may have picked up one sin or the other. We may, you, some of you may have reacted in anger. Some of you may have lied. Some of you may have gone contrary to the law of God in one way or the other. So if you can point those singular sins in prayer, you confess them. Are you with me now? How do you confess them? You say, Lord, ah, I did this and I don't like it. I'm sorry. Have mercy on me. But then, when you come, you are coming to God, not from a place of, because your sins have been paid for. The Bible said, we have an advocate with the Father, the Lord Jesus, right? That if any of you go contrary, if any of you sin, we have an advocate. So what do you do? You confess them and repent and you are forgiven. Is that okay? Is that okay? Please, please, stop. Don't, don't put this in. Let's concentrate. Let's concentrate now. The world is filled of sin. Can you remove that image, please? Put something else. 
just follow what I'm saying. The world is filled of sin, and we may have picked it up. Okay, once you deal with sin by the blood, you have boldness, and the weakness of man is removed. Because you have declared that you are not standing by your own righteousness, but the righteousness of Jesus Christ, and the enemy has no power to stop you anymore. Your spirit has gained mastery. Now, what happened is that when you begin to come before God and you come by the blood of Jesus, eh, the enemy loses power over you because the, the, the power the devil has against you is sin. Are you with me now? The, the Bible said, it's not that my ears are devil and I cannot hear them, but they are sins I separated them from me. Is that true? Now, so what, how do you deal with sin? You come under the blood of Jesus. So when you begin to declare the blood of Jesus, you say, I come by the blood of Jesus. My sins are not counted against me. Jesus has forgiven me. He died. The blood of Jesus has covered my sins. The blood of Jesus has taken away my transgressions. By the blood of Jesus, I am justified. By the blood of Jesus, I am made clean. I am made whole. So I come today by the blood. So if there, like I said, if there are no sins, if there are sins you can point, you confess them, and then you begin to declare the blood. What happens is that when you begin to do that, the weakness of, of, your, of your sin or the weakness of your body begin to drop and you begin to take up the strength of God. Now, in the realm of the spirit, you are now elevated. Are you with me now? These things I'm teaching you are very, are very powerful. Once you do that, now in the realm of the spirit, you are now elevated above the devil. Because the reason the devil wants to keep you down is because of your mistakes, because of your sin. So once you come under the blood, you enter by the blood, what happens? You are now elevated. So the devil has nothing to accuse you of again. The Bible says, for the accuser of brethren accuse them every day. So the devil has nothing to accuse you of because you have come. That's what, we're going to talk about it again. That's why you plead the blood of Jesus. You know in the court, they say, what do you plead? Is it guilty or not guilty? You plead the blood. Because you cannot plead no guilty. You cannot plead guilty. Because if you plead guilty, they, 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 they sentence you, right? But if you plead not guilty, because but you know you are guilty. Do you understand? So you plead the blood. What it means is that I am guilty but the blood I paid. Are you with me now? So when you plead the blood, you come over the devil. That's the third one. So what's the first one? Relax. Second one is what? <laughs> Thank him. Thanksgiving. Give him praise. Worship him. The third one is what? Deal with sin. Deal with sin. Now the fourth one. Now you begin to speak in tongues. If How many of you can speak in tongues here? Begin to speak in tongues. Enter into tongues. Begin to labash in tongues. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. And then as you're speaking in tongues, you're bringing the word of God begin to come into your mind. As you speak in tongues, open up yourself. Because now you have not been up. You have not been elevated above flesh. You have not entered into spirit. The spirit of God begin to drop things. Scriptures in your mind, and you begin to pray those scriptures. So you begin to speak in tongues. As you speak, scriptures begin to come to you. As you speak, you pull up scriptures and pray those scriptures in tongues. It energizes you, and then you move. Do you understand my point? So as you begin to speak in the Holy Ghost, scriptures begin to drop. He said, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Jesus has rescued me from shame. I am his righteousness. I am the royal priesthood. You begin to declare who you are in Christ. Scriptures begin to come up. And you begin to speak in tongues in those scriptures. Are you with me now? Now, number five. 
As you keep speaking in tongues, the Holy Ghost begins to search the deep things of God. It moves like a radar. Now what happens as you keep speaking in tongues? Look at what the Bible says. It says we know not how to pray, but the Spirit prays, intercede for us on our behalf with groanings that cannot be uttered. It says for the Spirit searches our own spirit. Eh? And then communicates to God. So what happened? The Bible said that the Spirit of God searches the deep things of God. Now, what happened is that you, your life on the earth, there is a design for you. There's something God has prepared for you. But you see, your flesh cannot know it except through the Spirit. Now, when you begin to speak in tongues, what the Holy Ghost begins to do is that the Holy Ghost begins to search about you <laughs> in the heavens. He begins to search the deep things of God about you and begin to bring it to your spirit. And that's when suddenly you begin to enter into the prophetic. Are you with me now? Are you with me now? So, as you speak in tongues, the Holy Ghost begins to move like a radar, like a frequency. And it's searching out <coughs> spirit to know what your divine coding is. And then begin to release it to you. So, it, the Holy Spirit begins to search. Begin to search. Begin to search about you. Begin to search. Look into your matter. Oh, your husband. You have any problem with your husband? The Holy Ghost begins to search and say, this is the solution. You're having problem in your business. The Holy Ghost search and say, ah, this is the solution. You're having problem in, with your children. The Holy Ghost search and say, this is the solution. You're having problem with your employer. The Holy Ghost search and say, this is the solution. You're having problem with your employee. The Holy Ghost search. Do you understand my point? So when you begin to pray, the Holy Ghost begins to search things about you and begin to release it to you. Hallelujah. Now, that's the fifth one, right? Now, the sixth one is just seven. We are most around now. The sixth one, the Spirit begins to release prophecy to us. Showing us what His plan for our life is. Opening our eyes to see beyond the physical eyes. This is the time to have a note. In fact, if you have a notebook in the prayer, get it down. And then you begin to write down what the Holy Ghost is telling you. Now, the Holy Ghost begins to reveal your future. Right there, the Holy Ghost begins to reveal your future. Begin to show you things to come. Alright? This time... If you have a note, begin to write down all the impressions. Because now, it's not just you. In that place of prayer, it's not just you. The Holy Ghost begins to drop things. Impression in your heart. Begin to show you your future. Begin to show you deep things. Deep things about you. That's when you will see that ah, God begins to show you that you'll be in the government. You'll work in the government. God begins to show you that your business is going to take over the whole world. You're going international. That's when people begin to receive specific things. From the realm of the spirit. Hallelujah. Now, seven, the last one, and then we'll round up. Begin to thank him and appreciate him for he gives the vision. So, when you have not begun to receive that insight from God, you begin to raise your hands and begin to thank God. You begin to appreciate God. You begin to say, Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. So, let's stand up on our feet and begin to thank God. Begin to thank God. Begin, you see, as you go home, when you go home, please write down this things. Um, um, the media. Can you write, can you uh, uh, list it down, put it on the screen so that people can copy it. So you follow, you can follow these things at home and you work it in your prayers. You will find out that you begin to see tremendous results. You begin to see tremendous results. So that you stop praying amiss. You begin to pray on point. Alright? So note all the list down and then you, you put it out for people so that they can put it down and then we'll follow the list. Father, we thank you. Father, we thank you. Father, we thank you. Please, come <coughs> Father, we thank you. Just begin to appreciate Him. You are blessed. You are blessed. You are blessed. Rejoice. Rejoice and thank Him right now. Rejoice and thank Him. Give Him praise and worship Him, everybody. Give Him praise and worship Him. Give Him praise. 
Rejoice! It's yours. Everything in the world. Every promise of God is yours. Begin to thank Him. Begin to thank Him. It's yours. Give Him praise. Give Him praise. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Holy Ghost has taken charge of your life. Give Him praise. Give Him praise. The Holy Ghost is in control. Give Him praise. I see you in the way of victory. I see you in the way of victory. Give Him praise now. The highway of success is yours. Your future is blessed. Your, your work is blessed. The work of your hands are blessed. Your wife is blessed. Your husband is blessed. Your children are blessed. Your family is blessed. In the name of Jesus, you have a fulfilling future. You are moving forward. <laughs> it is the Lord's pleasure to give you His kingdom. You are blessed. Be blessed. Be blessed. Be blessed. Be blessed. Be blessed. Be blessed. You are going out. You are coming in. You are blessed. You are blessed. You are going out. You are coming in. God has opened doors for you. Supernatural doors. Favor is released. Favor is released upon you. Favor is released upon you. Malakushata. Rikata papapapapa. You are blessed. You are blessed. You are blessed. You are blessed. Open your mouth and declare, I am blessed. I am blessed. Give me praise. He has done mighty things. He has done mighty things for you. He has done mighty things for you. Bless him, bless him, bless him, bless him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you. Your blessing is upon us. In the name of Jesus.